Fireside Tech Talks with Blaze. Today we're going to be looking at what is new on Microsoft Azure, as well as doing a tech autopsy on Windows Phone. A lot of things that were announced this week, a lot of preview features for a lot of products were announced this week for Azure, a lot of stuff in the data platform. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that, but it relates to a lot of security features around the uh, data platform, such as being able to set uh, minimum TLS versions for Postgre or MySQL, or the ability to have larger uh, capacities for things like MariaDB or new SDKs for Cosmos DBs and such as that. A few features did GA for Azure Kubernetes services that are, these went into preview, not GA, uh, these features include the ability to upgrade individual components of the actual AKS cluster. This means that you can upgrade the container runtime or the node operating system independent of one another. And this gives you the ability to have a little bit more fine-grained control over the upgrades of the Azure Kubernetes service. Also, when the GA is the ability to use Windows Server containers on Azure Kubernetes service, and that's available on Azure Gov. And then they also announced a GA of, of something they're calling Application Gateway Ingress Controller, or AGIC, which is a managed uh, instance of a application gateway through the APIs that are available in AKS. There has been an open source project that has done this for a couple of years now, but now they're making that in preview as part of the mainstream uh, application before you had to install that as a separate add-on and then you could use it. But now it's part of the uh, ingress controllers that are managed right out of the box with AKS. So this gives you the ability to use application gateways in addition to some of the other features that they've added to Azure Kubernetes services. So a lot of exciting things happening there on Azure Kubernetes services. Not much else is going on. Uh, it's been a pretty quiet week for the most part on the uh, front for Azure. So not a whole lot of new announcements. So let's go ahead and talk about the tech autopsy of Windows Phone. But the story of Microsoft's foray into the mobile space goes back to the mid-90s when Microsoft debuted the Windows CE operating system. And this was part of the Microsoft Embedded platform. Microsoft Embedded was an operating system that was intended to run on embedded systems like, uh, like ATMs or consoles or touchscreen devices that you might see at a kiosk or something along those lines. And what this operating system was intended for was point solutions rather than a general purpose operating system like DOS and Windows were in the, historically in the Microsoft space. And Microsoft widely sold CE and Microsoft embedded systems to hardware manufacturers. And during the mid-90s, there was the rise of the digital assistants, these old PDAs, as they were called, and Palm Pilot became one of the first to produce these digital assistants and one could track calendars and email and contacts on them and things like that. And of course, Microsoft wanted a piece of that action, so they came out with their own operating system for PDAs. And Microsoft had a lot of success with the Windows CE operating system going into the early 2000s. Uh, PDAs eventually fell off in popularity because they were essentially merged with the phone, which prior to that was a separate device. So you had a, a mobile phone and a PDA, and they were merged into a single device. And that's what became the first smartphones in the early 2000s. 
and the PDA that was the Palm Pilot became more or less obsolete and BlackBerry kind of stepped into its place as the main uh, device that people were going to as far as smartphones were concerned. And then Microsoft on the, the same token produced Windows CE devices and came out, rebranded the Windows CE operating system as the Pocket PC. And it was essentially a device that was more or less feature parity with a BlackBerry. You could do apps with it. You could manage contacts, make phone calls on it, watch movies on it, listen to music. It did a lot of those kind of things that we would expect from a smartphone. And it had a physical keyboard and it had a stylus that you could use with it. And it was very a very capable device uh, for its time. And ultimately, Microsoft ended up capturing about half of the U.S. market for smartphones before the iPhone debuted, and the other half was belonging to BlackBerry. And so the two-horse race that was the smartphone industry at that time was principally aimed at the enterprise, but then the iPhone debuted, and it brought the smartphone to the masses, and it really changed a lot of things about the smartphone. Instead of having a physical keyboard and a stylus, you used your fingers and a touchscreen with a, with a virtual keyboard on the screen to type with. And this was a game changer for a lot of things because quickly after the iPhone launched and it became a huge success, we saw the numbers of Blackberries essentially crash and the Windows mobile ecosystem as well went from about half the enterprise and it had a long, a slow decay over time. And ultimately uh, it was uh, this, you know, turned into the Windows phone and ultimately met an untimely demise as a result uh, a few years later. But even so, the Windows marketplace that existed, the, win the market share of the Windows platform during that time prior to the uh, iPhone and the smartphone was something that we saw as a Microsoft foray into the uh, mobile space as a pretty big success, considering that it was fairly uh, niche in the enterprise vertical. And Microsoft did have a lot of experience producing mobile operating systems. So what happened? Uh, why did Microsoft uh, lose that uh, battle ultimately for a mobile platform uh, with the Windows Phone? Well, I think there's a lot of things that we can look at, but before we do that, I wanna bring up a couple of other forays that Microsoft had into the mobile ecosystem as well. And two devices that Microsoft developed that were oriented towards consumers were the Microsoft Kin, which was an, a short-lived device that was aimed at social media. It could do media playback, but it was uh, a, a social media device that had a, a QWERTY you know, a keyboard that was a slide out keyboard and it was generally designed for things like texting and posting on things like Facebook and, 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 and other social media sites. And then the Zune was another short lived device. It was a media player that looked a lot like an iPod and had a lot of the same functionality as an iPod especially the iPods that had the full color screens that could play back movies. And the Zoom could do a lot of those kinds of things with video playback and had this rather large capacity on the drives that were baked into that uh, device as well. And it had some fairly, uh, the initial numbers for the Zoom were fairly promising from the point of marketing. And it looked like the Zoom actually might take off, but right after that initial launch, the numbers more or less flattened out and it never really gained much traction. And Zoom did go through a few iterations of design and the later Zooms did take on a full touchscreen uh, with the Zoom HD. It had a larger screen that you could do a lot of the common tasks that could be done on a smartphone uh, with, the, with the Zoom. So the Zoom was, uh, again, one of those 
media oriented devices that had a foray into the into the uh, a mobile space for consumers along with Ken. And Microsoft also launched a platform for tablets and PCs to get into the mobile space as well. They had an initiative in the late 2000s called the Ultra Mobile PC, which was a mobile PC that was stylus driven, that had a smaller screen with it had a fairly long battery life that ran a full version of Windows. And they also had the tablet PC in the early 2000s and mid 2000s, wherein you had a slate like device that had a stylus that you could navigate Windows with. I had one of these devices. I, I'd like the device, but the, the software was fairly primitive at the time because it could only do basic primitive handwriting recognition. And I found myself using it more and more like a laptop and the device has, has some quality issues. So I ended up uh, trading it in for a more traditional laptop, even though when I did use it, people thought it was something right out of Star Trek because they nobody had ever really seen a tablet PC before uh, and a computer that didn't have a keyboard attached to it. And so it was a fairly novel uh, device at the time, but even so it was something that was a little bit uh, premature for uh, its time. And the, the mobile devices that we appreciate today make it look more like a, a Stone Age technology in a lot of ways. But even so, it was an attempt in to bring computing into the modern era for mobility for a general purpose computing platform. So between Zoom, Ken, and the ultra mobile PC and tablet PC uh, foray into mobility, as well as some of the early success that Microsoft had with the pocket PC and some of these earlier uh, attempts at mobility for the phone. Why is it that Windows Phone didn't take off? Why is it that Windows Phone uh, did not capture the imagination of uh, the, the masses? And why did the product ultimately result in an untimely death? Um, I want to, I do want to say that even even so, the, the the Windows Phone was a great product from a hardware perspective as well as an operating system perspective. It, it was very usable. A lot of novel ideas went into making it very usable and a nice touch uh, touch screen had a nice bright display had a really nice camera on it. The hardware specs were, were pretty impressive for a phone and it was much, uh, much more usable than even many of the Android devices at the time, but it didn't catch on. And I think there's a couple of things that we can say about these other devices that Microsoft put out there that resulted in a untimely demise for the Windows phone and ultimately Microsoft's mobile platforms as well. I think the one thing that contributed to the ultimate demise of the Windows Phone was the the fact that there was no unifying voice among Microsoft products that were in the mobile space. As I mentioned, there was Windows CE and the mobile and the Pocket PC, Kanzoon, and the mobile the oper operating systems that were in, were full Windows operating systems, but none of these ecosystems really had much overlap. They were more or less niche products that were a life of their own without really having a lot of of, of cross-pollination between them. You could see some of the ideas go across some of them, but overall there was a lot of feature disparity, a lot of verticals, and a lot of different teams that really weren't working on a unified vision for mobility from the Microsoft space. When you consider something like iOS, where you have a walled garden approach, but the operating system becomes the same operating system, the same platform, the same delivery mechanism for all of their mobile devices, iPods, uh, iPads and iPhones, then you see that 
Apple has a very unified vision for all of its mobile products. They do have a separate operating system for iPads now from iPod Touch and iPhone, but even so, it's not a operating system that is devoid of any compatibility with the um, the iPhone's operating system. In fact, it does have a lot of cross-pollination between them, and they, are, they share a lot of the same features. There are some feature distinctions that really make them distinct. However, the more the the same ecosystem drives both iOS, iPads, and the uh, iPod Touch, and so it's very unified. Although it's from a single vendor. With Android, you still have a unified vision, even though you have a lot of people producing Android devices. Android was the operating system of choice by the Open Handset Alliance in the uh, late 2000s, whenever a mobility became uh, mobile phones uh, in smartphones with touchscreen became a reality with uh, the launch of the iPhone, as well as the Android ecosystem that was birthed around the same time. The main proprietor behind Android was Google, but Google released Android as open source and any hand of any handset maker could put the operating system on their phone. And so it gave a unifying uh, effect to the Android ecosystem, even though there's a lot of device disparity, there are a number of devices that can all run apps, the same apps really on those different devices, whether it be made by HTC, Samsung, Motorola, Oppo, whoever it might be, there's a number of manufacturers all running the same operating system and they are all all the apps for them are more or less delivered through the same channels through Google Play. So Google Play enables all of these device manufacturers to have a, a common experience across a myriad of different platforms. So there is again a unifying effect, even though there is a lot of uh, device disparity where the devices might be customized by a vendor, but you can still get access to a lot of the same common services that you would if you were using a, an Android device from a different manufacturer. Without that unifying voice for the Windows uh, ecosystem or the Microsoft mobility uh, platforms that existed, there, there doesn't, it, there was nothing that united it. And so you had a lot of different devices that were attempting to do similar things, but there was no unified vision that kind of brought all that together under one roof, like we see with Android and iOS. And ultimately, I think this might have been one of the things that was the undoing of the Microsoft mobile platform that is the Windows Pocket PC, Windows Phone, uh, and, and not to mention Kenzoon and these other initiatives that also kind of found uh, a untimely demise as well. So Microsoft didn't deliver on a unified vision for mobility. Uh, another thing I think that ultimately resulted in the demise of the Windows Phone was the fact that it didn't have backwards compatibility with older versions of the the mobile operating systems that ex did exist that was successful in the Microsoft space. So Windows CE and the, and the Pocket PC had a long history of iterating over new versions that would provide some degree of backwards compatibility with previous versions. And we also came to appreciate this about Windows in general on Windows uh, operating systems. So my Windows 10 uh, operating system can run apps that were written 20 years ago for Windows 95, which was 
the first uh, 32-bit foray from Microsoft um, that was uh, more or less a general purpose 32-bit operating system, uh, although it was based on DOS, so that was still 16-bit at the time. Uh, it could still run 32-bit apps. And that, those 32-bit uh, applications, I can still install and run on Windows 10. I can also run Windows 10 on old hardware. So we've come to appreciate uh, the fact that Windows has a great deal of backwards compatibility with older versions of Windows. So you can run uh, software that was written 20, 30 years ago on Windows, and it still worked like it did whenever it was first written. And having that backwards compatibility is one thing that has allowed Microsoft to maintain a, a position of, I wouldn't say dominance, but a position of, 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 user acceptance among PC users because they can migrate their apps from one PC to another, even though their old PC may have been running an older version of Windows or maybe even have skipped one or two versions of Windows uh, for that matter. So when Windows Phone originally launched, it didn't have backwards compatibility with some of the older versions of the mobile platform that Microsoft did have success with. And this basically meant that any apps that existed in that ecosystem could not be carried forward. So Microsoft was reinventing uh, the, their mobile ecosystem to try to create a new platform while completely ignoring their old platform and providing no compatibility with it. And this ultimately meant that there was kind of no apps for the Windows phone because the platform itself was uh, late in the game when it came to mobility. Uh, Microsoft came uh, to the, the table with Windows phone two or three uh, years after iOS and Android had launched and had already developed an ecosystem around those uh, products and there was apps available for them and there was a wide ad adoption of both platforms and then windows comes along and releases windows phone windows did see windows phone did see some success in some uh, markets where they did gain two uh, digit percentages, but it never became such a success that it became a long-term success that was widely used across uh, multiple markets uh, globally. And with Windows Phone, uh, it did ultimately go through a few iterations with the, the last iteration never really seeing the light of day. And that was a Windows 10 inspired version of the Windows Phone, but that was shuttered and the division was more or less shut down. And the ultimate demise of this was, uh, as I mentioned, that no backwards compatibility and the fact that there was no apps available for it meant that the the phone had a lot of cool hardware and a lot of cool features and a lot of thought that went into the device, but it ultimately resulted in a device that didn't have a life that or a offering that many people were willing to invest time and effort into producing for because there was nothing uh, nothing to be gained from it. So ultimately, the Windows Phone uh, met an untimely demise because of that. So all in all, what can we say about new platforms, new features, new kinds of things from uh, ecosystems that are coming out of these kinds of markets? I, I don't know what the next big thing will be in computing. Um, I think what Microsoft is trying to do with the cloud is, is certainly try to abstract away a lot of these kinds of 
um, ecosystem specific types things uh, with the cloud. And I think we've seen a shift of Microsoft, uh, in Microsoft away from trying to sell uh, a platform that is tied to a specific ecosystem like iOS or Android is and try to make their offerings run on anything, whether it be a Mac PC uh, or Linux box, it could be Android, iOS. They make software for all of these platforms and they deliver it through the Microsoft Cloud, which is Azure, O365, and Dynamics. When with all of these different platforms, Microsoft is really trying to drive the cloud as being the next place uh, for compute experience and offering uh, services that go along with things like Outlook, OneDrive for syncing files back and forth uh, for, and using other services like Word and Office 365 online and, and the mobile counterpart on the apps to be able to open uh, documents, edit them in the cloud or edit them in a local environment as well. And that becomes the platform that Microsoft attempts to use. And they've had a lot of success in that. And I think that enterprise has adopted uh, these kinds of paradigms for delivering applications as well. But what the next big thing is uh, for Microsoft or really computing, I'm not I'm not going to I don't know whether it's going to be glasses or watches or some other kind of uh, hardware like that is yet to be determined. But whoever does that uh, will need to create a platform that does create some kind of unifying vision for whatever that might be uh, across the board uh, so that they can have a device that will will be able to have an experience that's consistent regardless of what the the form factor might be whether it be a small uh, phone or a tablet uh or whatever technology next might maybe it's holograms i don't know but a, a unifying platform that kind of delivers a, a consistent experience that most people can buy into and one that's also got some level level of backwards compatibility uh so that uh, it will be able to run older applications uh, such as Android and iOS even do uh, with now that they are becoming more main, uh, more I want to say legacy because they're still being used but uh, they do have a legacy now that they have to contend with now that both platforms have been around for the better part of 15 years now and both platforms still have to contend with older uh, applications and they still maintain some level of backwards compatibility with that. So whatever uh, emerges, hopefully it will have these features about it that will allow it to continue to deliver uh, innovation and build stuff that people will want to use and won't ultimately kill itself because it lacks that kind of unifying vision to deliver something and it suffers from backwards compatibility when they did have something that was fairly successful. So that's my tech autopsy. Thanks for tuning in and listening to it. Hope to see you on future episodes of Fireside Tech Talks with Blaze. 